This is our overall theme of this podcast, by the way, guys. Instead of thinking about these big programs, think about how can you help people develop and yourself, okay, starting with yourself, to develop relationships or make friendships with other families, particularly families that don't know Jesus. Welcome to the CDM Podcast, a production of Contagious Disciple Making. We exist to catalyze movement through coaching, community, and communication. We created this podcast to help everyday Christians become world-changing disciple-makers. I'm Paul Watson, and this is Rebecca Ewing, and you're listening to the CDM Podcast. Like, share, five-star rate, review this podcast. You can listen to our full premium content by becoming a $5 a month supporter on our Patreon page. That's patreon.com slash faithworks, P-A-T-R-E-O-N dot com slash faithworks, or click on the link right in the description below. To those of you who support this podcast already, thank you thank so you. much. Your support thank you. helps us to put tools like this one into the hands of men and women just like you who want to experience disciple-making movements in their own neighborhood. Now, I don't know about you, Rebecca, but I have gone out to Target, to Walmart, to the mall recently, obviously socially distancing and wearing my mask, but I have been in all those places and they have already taken all of the false stuff off of the shelves. It has gone on the clearance aisles and now every aisle, especially in Michael's, is packed with Christmas things. Yes. Christmas is here. <laughs> it is coming. In fact, I I started thinking about it. I'm like, man, if I want to get a Christmas party in for my kids sometime between now and the actual day of Christmas, I'm going to have to do it in the next couple of weeks. It's crazy. Yeah. Yeah. So, so obviously the holidays are upon us and, and uh, we're at the beginning ish of November. And I know while we're having this really crazy election, I, it, it's good to remember that these holidays are actually going to have a lot of opportunities for us to mm-hmm. do good and to, uh, to make disciples, actually. And the thing is, what makes this particular year different than other years is, is for us to realize is two things. One is most of us are probably not going to have the big Christmas programs that we normally have. In fact, I kind of noticed that because usually by now, Basically, back at the beginning of September, people usually would be spending an hour a week with their choirs practicing for the big uh, uh, Christmas cantata or something. And so a lot of them don't. So, And then the second thing is people are disconnected. And so, you know, they're, they're feeling that desire to want to get together with people, but not having that. So now how can we redirect our efforts from some things that have been traditional in the past and now to, to really make use of the holidays. Because basically when it comes to holidays, guys, is that you know it gives us a, cultural comfort, a, a culturally comfortable way to be able to be around other people, give us excuses to meet new people, to develop relationships, and to even weave in some, uh, you know, God and Bible and, and, and topics of that sort naturally within conversation and what we're doing. And so today what we want to talk about is how can we start preparing now to be able to make use of this upcoming seasons? Exactly. And let me just give you your first piece of advice. And, and this is an important one, and it's the hardest one for me to do. 
because I am not by nature a planner. But you need to get your calendar out now. (laughs) And you need to look at it. And you need to say, okay, I'm going to do something here and here and here. And then you need to start talking to your friends because guess what? Calendars are going to get filled up early this year. I'm 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 betting on it. Calendars well, are going to get filled up early. They, <laughs> they always, always do. do. But but even more so now as they're going to think through what they're going to do, just go ahead, get the calendar out and go ahead and then put things on that calendar and start planning for it. You can put something on a calendar before you have the perfect plan in place. Go ahead and do it. Because, guys, and you're like, well, what things am I putting down on the calendar? You know, so instead of, guys, again, us thinking about big programs, this is our Mm -hmm. overall theme of this podcast, by the way, guys. Instead of thinking about these big programs, think about how can you help people develop and yourself, okay, starting with yourself, to develop relationships or, or make friendships with other families, particularly families that don't know Jesus, okay? The one right. and, and everything. So uh, let's, instead of thinking, how can we have this church-wide, you know, program or, you know, youth-wide program or anything like that, we, you know, how can we have maybe our own personal mini Christmas get-togethers that are not just for us in our small group, not just for us and in, in our church family, but but actually is for us and maybe one other family that we know of that that doesn't know Jesus, whether they're coworkers, neighbors, uh, the the families of other school mates and things like that. Those are the people that we want to be able to focus getting on our calendars. Yeah, so you're going to want to make start making these decisions now. Okay, you're going to want to figure out. Who am I going to invite Mm -hmm. and start reaching out to them now? So remember, we said, start with people who don't know Jesus, move to people you think might not know Jesus and and go from there and start bringing them together. And and think like Rebecca was saying, small groups together, multiple small groups, as opposed to one mega party. Then as you're you're figuring out who to invite, you're going to have to figure out what you're going to need to execute on on whatever plan it is. Are you talking about a dessert? Are you talking about a dinner? Are you talking about an afternoon kind of thing? What kind of foods will be there? Who will bring them? Those are the various kinds of things that that need to be thought through now in order to make it happen. The other thing is, is that there may be some people you haven't connected with in a while, and and maybe your first phone call to them shouldn't be, hey, having a Christmas party, want to come? Uh, but instead, your first phone call just needs to be, hey, how are you doing? You know, And then you have a couple of times of connecting before you'd sit there and say, you know what? Do you want to come over to my house for dinner for Christmas? I'm having some friends over, and I'd love to have you there. Yeah, yeah okay? the, the main thing is, is that you know, a lot of times when we come up to the holidays or something and somebody gives it a suggestion like, hey, why don't you have a, you know, reach out to a family who is, who is maybe poor or, ha- or having hard times or, or maybe somebody doesn't know Jesus. We, it's, it's like within the two weeks of Christmas and then we sit there like, I don't know. And you're thinking, I don't know if I'm really close to anybody like that. I guess there's that one family. I wonder how I can drag them over to my house suddenly, you know? And so this, or, you know, yeah, I know somebody, but I haven't talked to them for nine months. And so what we want to do is how do we relationally set this up 
So we need to already be trying to make initial contact with some people. I would encourage you to start getting connected now. Oh, by the way, another thing to be able to start doing with some of these things we're going to do over Christmas is to start mobilizing prayer. Set up some type of uh, some type of uh, praying thread, whether it's using WhatsApp or some type of interactive communication tool like that, or a little Facebook page if you don't already have one, and start saying, "Hey, I would like prayer for the things that I'm going to be trying to do. Let's all pray for each other as we're all going to go out." And, and try to develop relationships with other families this Christmas. I want you to imagine, guys, I want you to imagine that you and your, uh, your small group, that your, each one of your goals is to go out and befriend, you know, one to five families each over the, the next few, ho- over the holidays and just spend time with them and get to know them and love on them and have good conversations with them. And inside this little prayer group, inside this little, um, uh, you know, communication thread, you're praying for each other as you go about doing those things. It's funny, as you were talking about that, I got in my mind this, I'm going to go start a Facebook prayer page that's called like Operation Christmas Disciple Making 2020. And uh, just like sitting there and invite my friends in and saying, hey, this is what I'm doing. I'm reaching out to people who don't know Jesus. I'm reaching out to people I don't know if they know Jesus or not. And I'm going to build relationships this Christmas. And I'm going to have some of them over to my house this Christmas. And I'm going to find out where they are and give God an opportunity to work. Would you join me in praying? And furthermore, would you join me in taking up this challenge yourself and become a part of Operation Christmas, you know, and, and making that happen? So if you're starting, if you're sitting there going, how do I get started? That's a good mm. question. First off, I want to say you need to get started this week. Yeah, you need, now. You, you need to get started this week so that as th- you have the time to be able to develop some of these relationships. So the first thing I would suggest is both you and the people that you're leading, whether it's your church or small group or whatever, or you know your best friend, whoever, is you make a list. You make a list of people that you know already who doesn't know Jesus whether it's neighbors, coworkers, uh, people that are at your school. Um, may, and maybe you need to help your, if you have a family, you know, ask your entire family, like, what are, what are your connections? You know, because they may, some, your kids might have a few more connections than you do. Your right. husband or wife might have a few more connections with you and make a list. And then make it a point to go down that list and just start calling them. So we have this thing called a community prayer calendar, and it's a, uh, it's a whiteboard video that you can learn about it. It's on our YouTube uh, channel, so youtube.com slash everydaydisciples, so youtube.com slash everydaydisciples. And on there, there's a community prayer calendar where it talks about just basically uh, a framework that allows us to say, okay, today I'm going to call the Smiths or somebody from the Smith family and just say, hey, how you doing? You know, I just wanted to see how things are going for you. You know, is there anything that you need or what's been going on in your life? And you use that as a connection point with them to be able to get connected with them again. In fact, I even uh, gave a version of this to some of our community as an idea. You could call it even since we're in November, the 30 days of Thanksgiving. 
and which oh, you can wow. contact people and say, what are you thankful for? This is what I'm thankful for as a part of this particular thing. And you may, even if they're neighbors or someone nearby, you could, you know, uh, bring a little goodie, you know, like a, a little baked good to go along mm-hmm. with it and say, here's a, uh, you're a part of my 30 days of Thanksgiving celebration. You know, here's a little something to eat. I'm thankful for this. What are you thankful for? By the way, how are you doing? And just start using that as a touch point. You can meet new people this way. You can be able to to, to catch up with people this way. And it allows you to be able, when you do this, to be able to see the people that are responding well, that are that are saying, yeah, and they are really obviously appreciating the human connection and the gesture. And from there, you can get a good idea as to where to go next with developing relationships with some of the people that come out of this endeavor. Yeah, and you might be thinking, oh, I'm not the most creative person in the world. I'm not the most outgoing person in the world. I'm not like the most positive person in the world. Let me just tell you right now, with as negative as 2020 has been, the bar is so low that Ebenezer Scrooge himself could be seen as the Julia Child of our generation. Like incredibly positive and just pleasant and all of that. So I'm just telling you right now, you may think you have no skills and you may not, but just the fact that instead of making that political post, you know, instead of that negative comment, instead of reposting that thing that's talking about the doom of the world, you could sit there and say, hey, this is something I'm thankful for. What are you thankful for? And make it personal, not just a post on Facebook, but reaching out to someone and inviting okay, them in yes. and, and that kind of thing. And so, so I'm just saying, instead of make, taking the time to make that post, take the same time, pick up a phone and call someone. Go out your door and walk across the street and saying, look, I, I, I don't even know what I'm doing other than I, I, this world is, seems to be really negative right now, and I just wanted to walk across the street and, and at least tell someone something I was thankful for, and I was wondering if there's anything you're thankful for right now. I mean, you could do that, and people are going to be like, that's a great idea. Okay. And then they're going to jump right in and play back. Well, the great news is that the holidays really takes away a lot of the awkwardness out of that. And just a, a, a cultural excuse to do that. You go over to somebody's house and say, hey, this is how I'm celebrating Thanksgiving. Or this is how I'm celebrating Christmas. They're going to be like, okay. I mean, they don't have to They don't have to believe in anything particularly right. that you do. But it's a, it's a very culturally open kind of thing for people to do. And the thing is, is again, as you're doing this, as you're getting reconnected with people, as you're calling your friend and, you know, you're having a good, con- well, someone you hadn't been, con- uh, hadn't talked to in a while who doesn't know Jesus and you're feeling that connection say, hey, would you like to go out for coffee sometime? And so you can be able to see who you're connecting well with and say, ooh, this person's probably someone, a good person to really invest in over, over time to see if I could help them, first off, love them and get to know them, and then also see if I could uh, lead them to a discovery Bible study eventually as we have conversations. And, and that could work into some other things. So like as you're, as you're sharing something you're thankful for with someone and asking them to receive it back, sometimes people share things and you know there's a story behind that. 
And But there may not be time in that moment for that, but that's okay because it gives you an opportunity to come back to them and saying, hey, when you were sharing that thing that you were thankful for the other day, I just got this sense that there's a story behind there. And I don't know if you have time or not, but I'd love to hear more of it. You want to grab coffee? You want to come over for dinner? You know, you want to come over for dessert? I mean, that kind of thing. And so it could take that relationship, that initial, hey, this is what I'm thankful for. What are you thankful for? Down to a deeper level and a greater opportunity for the Holy Spirit to work and create uh, significant times for meaningful and spiritual conversations and even maybe discovery ones. The whole point is, is that you're just wanting at first to get connected and build friendships with people. Mm -hmm. So a lot of times we can trip over ourselves to feel like, what would this look like? I don't know what to do. Well, just think about how would you like to get to know another family? So the first thing that you, you do with them, you know, should be something that would feel natural on maybe the first time to get together. Maybe there's a shared activity that you all like yeah. to go do. Maybe now that these two, you and your family can be able to do that together. Maybe it would be good uh, to just have a coffee with one of the, one of the pair or both of the parents. And from there, you can make that plan to be able to go out for that outing. Maybe it's going out to eat together. And just mm-hmm. saying like, hey, you know, would you like to go out? We like to go to this place to eat. Do you like to? Oh, yeah, I love that place. You want to go out together maybe on Friday night or some other t- time soon? You know, maybe we can have fun together in that. And so, you know, basically just start inviting people to do some things with you and your family so that it's natural as you go and have good times together. You now can be able to say things like, hey, come to my house or, hey, you know, do this other activity with us. And so right. you're basically doing this. You know, I was just talking with a, a good friend of ours in the community, um, and uh, he helps runs at his church the youth group. And they just had their one of their church's monthly get-togethers for their students. And um, I, several new students came to uh, one of the, the get-togethers. And, uh, you know, something I said was, well, that's great. First off, obviously there are some students in your youth group that cared enough about some students outside of the youth group that they tried to get them to come. Now, why don't you help coach, uh, uh, those, those families, uh, that, excuse me, those, those kids and their families, how to get to know those kids that came in their families, and, and help them to know how to get started on that. You know, again, we think very programmatic. And we think like somebody has to sign up to this other person to, you know, make a, here's a list of people that need to be reached. <laughs> Can somebody take right. that? When we're, we should just follow the natural relational ties anyway and say, hey, I, if you know someone <laughs> if you know someone from school, if you know someone from work, if you know someone uh, that has a family that is at in need or just kind of a, a broken kind of family that could, could use someone to come alongside, you're that person. You're that family to be able to go reach them. And this is how we can do it together. So like I said, over, over time this month to really start just getting deeper and deeper in the various activities and developing relationships with these families. And it's always the reason why I say it's always good to have at least two to five people slash families you're trying to get to know 
is because, you know, you want to be able to, to do a variety of things with people mm-hmm. and uh, not put all of your hopes and dreams on one family coming, you know, right. going well. And then also like, you know, if you go from not seeing anybody ever to suddenly inviting them to your, to your house every single week, they're going to be like, why are they? It's every week they're asking us over to their house. <laughs> you know, what's going on here? And so you want to be able to, to, to spurse this out and just show that you're just a sociable family. You know, you're, right. you like to make friends. And so, um, but anyway, there are a lot of opportunities in mm-hmm. Christmas and Thanksgiving. You know, one of the things that we already talked about, Paul and I, was the idea of having smaller gatherings versus bigger ones, sometimes maybe even just between one or two families. Yeah, so it doesn't it doesn't really take take much to do that. So for me, I've got a nine year old daughter, and so one of the things that I can do with my nine year old daughter is I think through what are some friends in her friend group that we might we might just sit there and have over and get to build those relationships. And it starts off with a play date. You know, I want. Hey, I want your your kid to come play with my kid. And then, you know, our kids have been hanging out together. I'd love to hear more of you guys and get to know your story. And let's have dinner together and let the kids play some more. You know, there's just a lot of different opportunities around that to have those those smaller get-togethers uh, with other people. The main thing is that you want to get to know the entire family. Mm-hmm. So it's not just I want to get to you're you're the wife of the family and saying, I just want to get to know Mrs. So and so, the other family. Or, you know, the kids saying, oh, well, they can get to know know the other kids. You want to get to know the entire family. And so your family on their family. And, you know, guess what, guys? That gives you guys the opportunity to do double disciple making. Now you're spending time with your family and also with this other family and doing that together. So one of the other opportunities that you can have this, this, uh, this holiday season is hosting. So I've, as I've been talking, you know, with various people who like to be sociable and love the different things that happen and bring us together over the holidays, they're sad that the normal holiday programs and plans are just not there. And they're like, you know, we should do something. We should do something as a community, as a neighborhood or as a school or something like, you know, people are wanting to, for, for there to be something. So you actually hosting some type of neighborhood barbecue or something like that, some type of some type of get together, a way for people to be connected would be seen as a service to the people around you and put you in a place of, of influence that you probably wouldn't have had before. Yeah, it's really funny as you were talking. Uh, there's a neighborhood here locally that d- is really big on trick or treating for Halloween, and obviously this last COVID se- or this last Halloween se- uh, season, there weren't a ton of families out, but there were some very dedicated families who were, and the load of candy they brought in was huge. <laughs> as you were talking about Christmas, though, I started thinking, you know, in that very same neighborhood, they might they might embrace the idea of caroling of getting all the kids together, getting them dressed up in their favorite Christmas kind of outfits or whatever it is, and go from place to place. Now, I live in Oregon, so you're thinking, oh, it's going to be rainy and maybe cold. How would that work? Well, we sell awnings all over the place, like those little bitty you know, pop-up ones you'd put to have a picnic underneath. And you can recruit four dads, one for each of the poles of the awning. And they literally can pick up the awning and go down to the next house, 
put it down, and all the kids and everybody else could sing underneath at the top of their lungs to uh, the family that's there inside the house. We could set things up like that. It doesn't take a lot of planning and preparation, just being every, because everybody knows Jingle Bells. Everybody knows Silent Night. You don't have to put on a massive production. Just create an opportunity for people to have fun. And they just need someone like you to host it, to say, hey, I have an idea. Let's figure it out. And then, then they'll either jump on it or they won't. And, uh, and it's a whole lot of fun just to raise your, raise your hand and say, this is an opportunity. Would you be, interest, be interested in being involved? And I think that's really important, right? We've been focusing in the past more on production Mm-hmm. Then we have on relationship. That's right. And really reaching people. And so let's let's put relationship and reaching people first. And that means it doesn't have to be some type of fancy program with a name and a list and all this some type of stuff. That's right. It's just individual people going out there spreading love and developing relationships and helping people and, and getting to know people. So like I said, an outward, an outdoor cookout could be good for your neighborhood because it's out in the open and you know, that, that helps with this COVID situation. And so maybe, maybe the, the unknown Christmas food for 2020 is barbecue and burgers and things like that instead of the traditional turkey and stuff like that. But I don't know, maybe you can, you know, there's some places where you can uh, fry a turkey, you know, in public, you know, and stuff. So, and then, um, you know, so guys be thinking about how you can replace get togethers of workplaces, schools, communities, et cetera, and how now to do that in a more relational uh, type of way. So in other words, if your school normally did some type of program or something in that, how can you maybe have help people know how to have get togethers with their, their neighborhoods and, you know, maybe have uh, a outdoor showing of the, um, of the Charlie Brown Christmas uh, story uh, along with some cookies and stuff that you, you provide, you know, just little things that you can be able to do. Well, yeah, I know. I know my local school used to have kind of a holiday fair for all of the families that are local. And in that fair, they would build gingerbread houses, they would decorate cookies, and they would make a holiday ornament or a Christmas ornament to put on a tree. And then they would talk to Santa. So wait a second, why can't I do those things at my house? Why can't I bake cookies and allow the kids to decorate them on a smaller scale? Why can't I have a gingerbread houses or have each family buy a gingerbread house, bring it to the to my house and have them put it together right there? Why can't I sit there and buy the little kits from Michael's that have the decor, the different kind of uh, ornaments that they can decorate right there? Why can't I do that? Why can't one of the local dads rent a, Christmas, a Santa Claus outfit put it on and then come on in and like, ho, 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 and sit there and sit down and have the kids sit there on the lap and give them the little candy cane right there as they're, as they're telling them what they want. Why, why can't we do that? Why can't they have, why can't they have photos with Santa Claus? You can get, you can actually order a Christmas backdrop for cheap 
on Amazon or Oriental Trading Company. You could sit down that Santa Claus in front of that and have the kids stand next to it, and and all the moms could snap pictures with their with their iPhones. You can do all of this, and it really doesn't take that much. It just takes intentionality to make it happen, and you don't have to do all of that in the same party. You can have several smaller get-togethers that add up and do the services like what Rebecca was talking about. And you don't have to do all of it, perhaps. Mm-hmm. You know, you can part. Partner with other people inside your neighborhoods, inside your small groups, inside your other friend connections to be able to take different elements and just do specific things. So, like we were, you know, so what Paul, one of the things, uh, principles you want to think about is mixing general holiday fun along with your religious elements. Yeah. So what you want to do is be able to introduce people to the idea of the Christ of Christmas, but not do it in such a way that is truly a religious ceremony or service Mm. to where people are like, clearly this is some type of service and, you know, I wasn't signing up for that, you know, but however, it can be a part of a Christmas celebration. Paul right now was just talking about having people, um, somebody dress up as Santa so you can have photos of Santa. But what if your backdrop was maybe something that looked like a manger scene and after taking some pictures, Santa can tell the story about, you know, Jesus's birth, you know, and stuff like that to the, to the people that are there. So you, you just mix in uh, the, a just general fun along with your Christmas. Like I said, for even earlier with the whole Charlie Brown Christmas story, being able to do that on top of other things. Yeah. We actually had several members of our community last Christmas do this and it was well received. Just sit there and in the invitation over the house, say, Hey, we're going to come over to my house. We're going to watch the Charlie Brown Christmas Carol, which most people have fond memories of that. And we're going to um, afterwards read the Christmas story uh, to everyone. And we have yet to have anyone say they weren't interested. I mean, we had we had brothers and sisters down in in Australia reading the Christmas story with Hindu background peoples in their house, and they were ecstatic. We had Jolene in Escondido, California, doing that to connect with neighbors in her house and everything, and it worked really, really well. So like Rebecca is saying, don't hesitate in those very simple ways, particularly around Christmas, to work work all of that in. It's very easy to do. So again, the goal, guys, is to develop relationship and have conversation with people. So over time, you know, between the, the different attractional parties, things that you're trying to do, and the individual relationship building uh, get-togethers you're trying to do, you're trying to build relationships, genuine friendships with people, and have good conversations. Have the ability and the time in and among these particular activities to just be able to talk with people. Mm-hmm. And then, of course, you know, if you would, hopefully you're listening to this and 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 you're you're seeing that what part of what we help people do is understand how these conversations can be able to get deeper and deeper from casual ones to meaningful ones to spiritual ones to what we call discovery ones which is basically telling people stories from the bible that relate to what you're talking about and through these conversations it makes people hungry for god in the bible and particularly the stories that are in the bible 
And then you can invite them to start a discovery Bible study with you as they have been receptive to these kinds of conversations. Yeah, I like how you put that. You know, sharing things like, what are you thankful for? What what can we do? How can we reach out and help others? Or even, you know, going to people and saying, what was your favorite memory of the last year? And giving them a chance to, to share that and to express that can create so many opportunities for deeper relationships and further conversations and, and for God to create space for us to connect His story with their story in a meaningful way. And, you know, this season, when it comes to conversations, has so many different opportunities to be able to share as well, to share what the season means to us. Mm -hmm. And it doesn't have to be this overarching one day I was lost and now I'm found and this is what, but, but, you know, looking at a Christmas tree and just saying, you know, every time I look at the Christmas tree, this is what I think of. And, and for me, of course, there's religious elements, you know, there's things about God and stuff that I think about when I look at a Christmas tree, but you know, that's, that's the idea something that about Christmas, some element that really makes you think about certain things. And it is genuine from the heart that it is so winsome. It's so winsome for, for people to hear those type of things. One of the things that you can also do just to throw this in as a, as a last thing in terms of sharing is even as handing out candy canes, you know, there's a spiritual meaning behind a candy cane and all of the stripes and everything on it, you can get online and you can research that. You can research the spiritual meaning behind a Christmas tree and the gifts underneath the tree. And you can even research the story of Santa Claus himself and be able to tell these stories as why do we do these things to children and they'll interact with it no problem, and it gives you the opportunity to have those spiritual conversations because each of those is deeply grounded in, in our faith as followers of Jesus Christ. The main thing, though, is to make it as genuine as possible. Absolutely. This is what, this is what Christmas means to me. This is what these elements mean to me. This is how it brings me joy. And so um, as long as we are coming at it from a sharing point of view and not a teaching point of view, no teaching, preaching point of view, but a sharing point of view. It makes it open to people. Now, in the second half of our podcast, we're going to be talking about how to turn traditional holiday programs into disciple-making activities. So we'll be talking about general principles, but then also specific things we generally do, and how do we turn them to be more disciple-making. You've been listening to the CDM podcast. Like, share, share <laughs> can't get the words out. Like, share, five star rate, review this podcast. We'll be back with our premium content right after the break. You can be listening to our full premium content by becoming a $5 a month supporter on our Patreon page. That's patreon.com slash faithworks, P-A-T-R-E-O-N.com slash faithworks, or click on the link in the description below. Thanks for listening to the CDM podcast. To hear part two, become a supporter on our Patreon page. You can find the link in the description. For coaching or other resources, connect with us at contagiousdisciplemaking.com.